Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. We'll find it at romance in the podcast. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Hey, Mikey, did you happen to see the post to the Romance in the Pod Facebook group where all these women were like, hey, Mikey, I'm one of those invisible women you're out there looking for. I saw that. <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> I was like, oh, Mikey, I don't think you know what you did. <laughs> Someone joined, requested to join the Facebook group and they're like, I like this episode and that one episode where they talk about the picture about Mikey's enormous penis looking big. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. Like I showed you all the picture. It was hilarious. Seriously weird that picture. I, I looked at it the other day because I was looking for a different picture and I scrolled <laughs> past it and I was like, oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember so Mikey's stupid. big dumb dick. <laughs> so if you podcasted on okay, wait, just open it up. Yeah, yeah. Let's just start. Paige. Now I'm worried. I have things I need to say. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us said hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch Love, Love Potion, Potion number, number nine. 9. But before we go on, I will tell you, I have taken Love Potion number 8 undiluted. Uh-oh. And my voice is being broadcast out into the world. Mikey, I don't think you need more thirsty DMs. Why I are think you doing this is this a this bad yourself? idea. This is a bad plan. I want the women to fight over me. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's going to break a pool cue and throw it down at his front lawn and just be like, we only have one opening in this agency. <laughs> He's going to be like, the winner gets the full vitamin water dick. God damn. Oh no. You won't be able to walk the next day. Uh, I, I'm thing, here to though. tell you that I'm immune <laughs> yeah, probably. So is this the first time either of you guys have seen this movie before? Okay, this is not the first time I've seen this movie, but it is the first time since I was a child. Since seeing, mm-hmm. I've seen this movie when I was like a child. It's at least 25 years. Oh, yeah. I remember nothing about it. Same. I will say, if we pick another movie where Sandra Bullock has to pretend to be ugly <laughs> for 45 minutes, I will fucking lose my shit because I don't buy it. I'm tired of it. It's a trope at this point. <laughs> She's always the prettiest orphan that ever was. <laughs> While we were waiting for you to go back to work to get your laptop that you forgot, Paige and I were talking about how this is probably the most uglied up she's ever been in a movie. And she's still hot. I know. <laughs> Mikey, she is still very attractive. Oh my God, she had a gap in her tooth. Oh, oh, it's just like ponytails and glasses at this point because she hooks up with that dude and she is still like a fucking 10 in that scene. Yeah. 
Yeah, whatever. (laughs) This is the first time I had really seen this movie. I once (laughs) walked in on some friends watching this movie when I was probably eight, and I like I clocked it. I was like, "Oh, that ugly chick is hot," and then I walked away. (laughs) But this is the first time I think I'd seen it all the way through and actually like paid attention to it. This was my first time seeing this movie, and uh, as I mentioned to Todd before we got on the the call, yeah, didn't hate it. I'm here for like two thirds of this movie, and then the third act goes off the fucking rails and the plan becomes to like (laughs) roofie Sandra Bullock with magic and then I'm not here for it. But here's what I will say. Mikey, I'm with you. I think of like if someone were to redo this movie today and you cast like the girl from Dumplin' and like a similar kind of like schlubby nerdy dude, like the girl from Dumplin' and Jay Baruchel or something like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I am here for that, where it's just the best looking version of them, like whatever they are as a person. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah, and I'm here for it because what I do really like about this movie is we get to see some of the inequalities of the attractiveness bubble for both of them. Yeah. Like how they've experienced things in both ways. And at the end, they don't go out and end up with someone who is only into them for being hot. They end up together because they've actually been friends and had a connection the whole time. And so, like, I love that arc for them. I think it's great. I do think there's definitely problematic shit in this movie. Oh, yeah, like the consent issues that happen so 90% much. of it. So much. Yeah. But overall, I had fun. It was, I actually enjoyed it. What's happening to me? I don't know. I liked, I mean, I liked it as like what it is. Like, yeah, all the rapey consensual stuff is <clears throat> like the whole, if you take out the sorority scene where they're just, I was going to break for money and stuff, yeah. I'm fine with it. But if you yeah. really think about that sorority scene, like, that's real gross, right? Like, that's real bad. He did get arrested, but probably for not as much as he should have. Well, and that's the other thing, too. He gets arrested for, what do they call it? The panty Panty raid law. The panty raid law, which is, like, not necessarily real, but when I lived in the house, there was a rule where boys couldn't be upstairs and boys couldn't be in the house after a certain point. Sure. But that was just a house rule. It wasn't like a law law. But it made me question because they are on a campus. They are working in a research lab. I was like, is he a grad student or is he not a student? He just says he's a biochemist. Yeah. He does not say that he has a job as a biochemist. So he might be working at the university. He might be a student, like a a grad student at the university. Like I have no idea. Like they don't really go into it. He may have been like a research professor. True. I mean, none of these answers are good for this situation. (laughs) Yeah. None of this makes that rapey scene any better. None of it makes it good. I will say that odds are everyone in that sorority house was of age. Pretty good odds. Yeah. But like, that's still... Depending on the state, yeah. Well, no, because you'd be in college, so minimum you would be 17 but by the time you finished tennessee is 18 though. yeah most states, I mean, most are, states are over 18 i think but also your rush usually ends like you don't get to join the sorority immediately like right. you pledge and you don't live in the house for a couple months so like the likelihood that there would be someone under 18 in the house is unlikely in our house you weren't allowed to live in the house under 18 so like yeah because Tate Donovan might show up and just like glamour all of you into boning him I mean (laughs) that's a real strong superpower I do not (laughs) want access to that so high level I enjoyed this movie, but if you really start digging into it, it's real fucking gross. Oh, you mean like the fact that her job is 
monkey psychologist. Yeah, a comparable psychology or something. I was funny. I, I do think there's like a, a bit of a pacing issue where I liked the first 20 minutes. I liked the montage of them finally getting together and falling in love. Love it. Love it. Love that. But like between those, I was like real bored. Well, that's where a lot of the rapey stuff happens is between that. Like the first 20 minutes, they're setting up the premise. For the next 30 minutes, they're out here raping in these streets. And then can I say that? I I don't know how I feel about it. Like, let's just say there's consent issues for the next 30 minutes. (laughs) There's consent issues out in these streets. Out in these streets. And then they fall in love. And it's like, you know, super sweet for that like montage. And then he's like going to ask her to marry him. And then like it becomes like a heist movie of like how he's going to get her to fall back in love with them yeah it goes off the fucking rails well let's talk about that the montage is only seven days they've only been dating a week okay i legit thought that after that like quick seven day montage when he's like i'm gonna marry her i was like oh my god he's gonna find out when he goes to her door that she's been using the serum on him yeah yeah that's what i thought no he's just crazy <laughs> he was like i bought a ring i was like one week i'll give it a pass because they it implies that they have been friends for a long time yeah they've at least been co-workers still for a while. yeah yeah that's okay that's fine but i will say once you take things to another level maybe longer than a week i mean i yeah, think it's one oh, thing yeah, to be like sure, i sure, am sure. in love with her if you are friends with someone and you know them on i think this is the person i want to marry i think those are sweet statements and i'm glad you're emotionally there that's great that's all good and telling her that would be great like confessing your real feelings and like right. setting that path but like actually buying the ring to actually do it is like a different level yeah no i i agree i do fully believe that after mikey and i start dating we will get married very quickly just because we've been working so closely together for like two and a I half know. three years and you went on those lunch dates yeah i don't think so <laughs> i liked it because they split up at one point with like the, the the potion they're like let's see what let's see let's fuck shit up see what we can do yeah right? let's go out here and sexually assault people for three weeks and not talk to each other but no that that's his that's his ultimate like that was his thing her thing was she gets the prince of england to want to marry her and she's like i guess i'll be a princess and she gets like all this other expensive stuff but i think <laughs> part part of the consent issue is the potion yes that's 100 the consent issue yeah <laughs> yeah Wait, so like she's still using the potion and what i will say is like i think that's what makes their love story in the middle of it even better for me because they're clearly not using it yeah but it is them realizing they have the confidence within and exploring feelings and being open with each other that allows them to really kind of have their love story in the middle of this movie without the potion without any of it and then the third act of the movie just jumps a million sharks like it's just the craziest third act ever where it's it's like they did no cocaine and then all, All of, of the, the cocaine. cocaine. I did think it was very cute that like when they're around each other during that three week time period where they're like testing out the serum or whatever or the love they're potion. They're not talking. They won't talk to each other. I thought that it was super cute. And I was like, this is so adorable. It was cute. And I was like, that's when I sent you that text. I was like, Sandra Bullock is like the prettiest person. <laughs> I did miss like they must have cut it out. But I really wanted to see her like just bone down a hot dentist for three days so he would fix her teeth (laughs) something happened she got him fixed yeah Yeah, it doesn't explain it she was way better at this stuff he was just like i'm gonna use it as an adolescent fantasy and she amassed massive fortune and power in like three days yeah because she's a woman (laughs) and that's what we do when we have the power of will yeah what would you do with the love potion me 
both of you. I I would feel very guilty about using it. I I don't think. Well, yeah, you're married. Well, no, not. I mean, let's say that I'm not for the sake of this exercise. I don't think I would be comfortable with someone who liked me only because of the potion. I wouldn't want to use it. Oh, I meant use it for evil. Oh, no, I know. I'm just like personally, I I would have I would have like a morality issue about it. But if Uh, I was using it for evil, I'd get a house. I'd find a way to get a house. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's what I'm talking. But what if you stole it from a guy who's like not great? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's some gray area. I mean, I'd feel a little bit better about that. But like, I mean, I I feel like I would really have to work up to even using the potion to begin with. I wouldn't. I know exactly what I'd do, Mikey. (laughs) Tell me. I'd find Jeff Bezos' ex-wife glamour her for four hours and have her write me a check for a a fourth of Jeff Bezos income. No, not even. She would write that house check and like she would buy you a little house like that. Two seconds. That's like chump and change. Hang on one second. Let me do some math. I would, uh, you know, some of those like popular conservative blonde commentators on the internet. Yes. <laughs> so you mean all of Fox News? Well, and like like Tommy Loran and all them. Like she popped up on my Bumble once. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me that because she she lives in Nashville. I would like use it and then have them say a bunch of liberal stuff and then they like and record it and then just yeah, release it, then on the internet. it on the internet she's like this is my lover he's super liberal and i'm like it's like yeah. the weirdest revenge porn <laughs> <laughs> just releasing a discussion for the record i don't want to have sex with jeff bezos ex-wife i couldn't even tell you what she looks like i bet she's great i'm sure she's a wonderful person she got 38 billion in the divorce and i'm convinced she doesn't need 19 of that so i'm gonna go ahead and get that and then <laughs> Paige, i'll buy you a house mikey thank you you're fine. You're doing great. What? I'm not helping you at all, but you live there. I think I think I could do a bigger house. If you're going to take care of the house, I think I'm going to talk my way onto an airplane over to the UK and fuck some shit up with some accented folks <laughs> and then come back. Paige is going to come back with kilts of all the men <laughs> she slept with. I'm going to be like, I'm single pregnant by both Henry Cavill and the guy from Outlander. It's a science miracle. <laughs> she just has like a quilt of kilts. It's like her, like notches on her <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. And like Jake's just in there like, we should never have made a celebrity exception list. <laughs> no, this was this was a hypothetical yeah. situation where because here's the thing. If Jake is still around, none of that happens. I'll be like, you have fun with your potion, please give me a house. Right. I'll be like, I'm gonna get you a house, Paige. Yeah. Don't listen to my voice. <laughs> you can just well now texting is so prevalent we could have full ass conversations in front of each other just through text that's true you know what was prevalent when this movie was made writing <laughs> <laughs> this is the 90s it would have been like papyrus and shit though that's how old it is it's cuneiform in the stones <laughs> who's the most evil woman in the world it, like ever I, I don't like who would we go to like punish with the potion like you mean currently living yeah the fact that I having a hard time answering this question is probably good for women no there's some evil women out there like for sure uh like carla homolka is still alive i think i don't know who that is don't google it if you value your sanity or do and plan your revenge but like (laughs) i don't know mikey but I think really just getting $19 billion would be enough for me. No, I'm 100% with that. I, I'm with Paige. I would morally, I guess that's the line. Like I would steal money and stuff from people and like be like, oh yeah, you can give me a house. But I'd be like, I can't sleep with you. That's that's a bridge too far. Right. Well, yeah, because I like, it, this is a difficulty that I have with any movie that has a makeover in it where I'm like, 
doesn't it bother you that someone places value on you now because you look different and didn't before? That they didn't value the thing inside you that made you you? Because that's the part that doesn't change. No, they value the thing that I put inside them. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, that would still bother me with the potion is what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's it's like a, like a not a makeover makeover. Anything that takes away consent is a problem. Like that's just obviously yeah, saying that. Of course. 100%. also with the whole makeover stuff page to like sort of tack onto that like if they don't see the value in you before the makeover that value is not gonna yeah. if, like, if it's just about your looks it's not gonna stay the value is not exactly. gonna stay right so like I completely understand what you're saying yeah and and so like I don't want to like have to like banaka my partner <laughs> to stay every like four hours <laughs> that would be a nightmare you're right yeah which is why I just want to get 19 billion dollars from Mackenzie Bezos or whatever her new last name is and then come back home buy everyone here a house we have different problems if i do that like that's all i'm saying yeah that, that's true buy nashville houses so we have like a nashville base and an la base and we just travel between oh yeah if we were billionaires we'd have like compounds in different places first off you yeah, keep yeah, saying yeah. we but you said just a second ago that you would not marry me so like you are not a part <laughs> of this we me i have this money and i am being nice to you by buying you some Furniture for your house. That's true, because I should really get my own compound, buy a bunch of land, convince people from the UK to immigrate. <laughs> you can uh, with the potion. All right. Anyway, should we get yeah, into, let's the just get the movie page? Absolutely. Yeah. So we open on the most boring, way too long credits ever. Oh my them. god, these credits were a nightmare, man. It's the full song of Love Potion Number Nine. Yeah. All. 28 minutes of it. <laughs> Mike, it is verses of this song. It is verses of it. Um, I I have some fun facts about the song and the version that they use specifically in this movie. And fun facts, we'll talk about it later. So just keep that in the back of your brain. Okay. Anyway, the credits are boring and too long. And every once in a while, it would move away from the crystal ball. And I was like, oh, finally, the credits are over. And then it'd be like, no, we're back, crystal ball. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why they moved it. Yeah. Anyway, so we open on an old Victorian house and four men appear outside it. They walk across the street towards the house and we hear, oh, my God, what's the character's name? I'm losing my mind. The the main guy? Tate Donovan. I know Tate Donovan's the actor. <laughs> but oh, like, sorry. You mean the kid? I, I didn't. I never caught his name. I don't think I ever caught his name. Anyway, so Tate Donovan and his balding friends all show up <laughs> to this Victorian <laughs> multiples of them and if you think the one wearing a hat isn't you're lying to yourself no he's lying to himself his name is paul <laughs> in the movie by the way i just looked it up paul uh here's what i'll say women like bald guys we just don't like surprise bald guys so wear it loud wear it proud be bald there are chicks that dig it and there's a lot of them yeah and honestly like if you've got the bed skirt going around your head just shave your head yeah shave it off dude you look shave way better yeah, yeah or cornrows <laughs> but just from there down yeah that's a terrible idea Paige but I'd love to see that <laughs> I would I would pay money to get someone to do it because it would make me laugh a lot I mean not everyone's gonna look like the rock with a shaved head but you, it's better to look like the rock than like a bed skirt yeah absolutely yeah or I mean controversial opinion this is like devil's advocate here danny devito you could look like a mad scientist yeah you either got to go mad scientist or the rock or the trash man well, I think or you the go trash <laughs> anyway so paul's voiceover basically tells us that once a week they find something fun to do and so this week they went to a fortune teller and she's reading his palm now the fortune teller in this movie is played by ann bancroft who is mrs robinson oh really yes and wow. i was like is that mrs robinson 
And I'm like, yes. So I thought that was kind of a fun little Easter egg that they play with a little bit later in the movie. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah. So as she's reading Paul's palm, she's like, no women. Literally none. None at all. I felt bad for him. Yeah. I loved that she was like, I got to show my sister or whatever and took out the (laughs) Polaroid camera. Took like... 10 seconds to like focus it and then took the picture. I was like, oh, that's fucking funny. And then just drops the camera. (laughs) Because the camera, (laughs) she picks the camera up out of nowhere, focuses, shoots it, and then just drops it on the floor. And it was, doesn't even retrieve the photo from it. The photo's (laughs) still hanging on it when she drops it. And like, it must have broke. I bet the prop guy was like, well, I hope we got it with that take. Uh, We don't have, (laughs) I don't have Polaroid cameras on lock. Like, that's it, guys. Do you want to tell Mrs. Robinson that uh, she broke it? No, do you? No. Any. <laughs> uh, she does ask him if he is a boy kissy boy aka homosexual and he's like no that's when she takes the polaroid yeah and she basically is like yeah you're never gonna fall in love ever uh so i'm gonna give you something <laughs> and she goes to the closet gets a bottle pours out like a little syrupy candy bit and tells him to dilute it with water and she like folds it into a little envelope and she says when you speak with women they will find you fascinating and she's like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a biochemist. And she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like hands him the paper like, you're going to need this. I honestly really like that she didn't charge him for it. No, not at yeah. all. Yeah. I don't think she charges anybody for it. Yeah. This is pity based because she thinks he will never, ever have sex with a woman. Yeah. yeah. Mikey, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we cut to them having drinks after and his friends actually ask him about a woman they saw him having lunch with, which we will find out is Sandra Bullock's character. Yeah, they, they reference that quote unquote date. I say quote unquote date yeah. because l- like some other there people, There were only two I people know. there, not four, and they weren't <laughs> seeing Blair Witch Project. No, yeah. I can understand the confusion, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know I was going to make that same joke but yeah I'm also going to go cry after this but maybe we should just get through it <laughs> well so what is kind of nice is that in his voiceover he's like no she's exactly my type she is a boyfriend so we find out early on he likes her yeah he's super into it we already know which I like that he admits that pre makeover which makes yes. that, that whole makeover thing less weird for me it makes it less weird for me because it makes me feel like she did it for her and she wanted to do it and it didn't matter what he thought and he was willing to invest before yeah he got in when the stocks are on the bottom floor yeah <laughs> he was there for it yeah so we cut to her out with her friends and she's talking to her friends about what she does and what i think is really funny is that they've got like crazy squirrel toothed sandra bullock at a table with what looks like early 90s sex in the city (laughs) where (laughs) it's just like a table of carries and samanthas and they're just like tell us about the chimpanzees (laughs) her friends are bonkers yes it's actually very odd and we cut back to well the one thing we do get is that we find out that she's testing chimps which is not great i'm not a fan of animal testing even though Whenever I hear about makeup companies testing makeup on animals, I picture them like putting them on the animals like a makeover. She's not just testing them. Yeah. She's taking the time to fully dress them in human clothes. Yeah. What is that about? I mean, like we haven't gotten there yet. We should talk about it when we get there. (laughs) But like she talks about an experiment where they did something to the monkey's brain so that when he hit a buzzer, it would excite him sexually. And he basically hit the buzzer till he died. Yeah. Um, And they're like, ah, just like. Like a man, <laughs> men. 
But then we cut back to the bar. As a man page? I got it. Yeah. I was like, that's accurate. You're like, if you told me the bananas would, you know, give me orgasms, I would, you know, potassium myself to death. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. Uh, this jizz is bananas. (laughs) I thought it was Gak, but that was just from the last Horror Virgin episode. My bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we cut back to the bar where the guys are all having drinks and they literally pay Paul, Tate Donovan's character, a hundred bucks to go talk to a blonde at the bar. And he goes to the bar to talk to her. And she is so like... She's mean. Yeah, she's terrible It to him. is so mean. It's a level of mean that I am like, I am a roast comedian. And I have said some <laughs> it was. horrifying things to people. But I have never been that purposefully hurtful, I think, ever. Yeah. Also, if a woman asked me what designer made this top, before I could have sex with any of the people I've had sex with, I would have had sex zero times. That yeah, is a yeah, yeah, question same. that if she asked that every time, she would probably have a hard time finding someone that was interested in sleeping with her. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible, but difficult, right? I yeah. really like that they set her up as this much of a villain, though, because of what happens later on. It makes that yeah. scene like, okay, as long as he doesn't sleep with her, I'm okay with this happening. And he doesn't, and I think <laughs> that's doesn't. a good choice yeah, in too. the script. And I was like, oh, they're just using it for, like, funsies. Yeah. And then he goes to the sorority house, and the whole movie is ruined. Yeah, that's where it gets dark. We'll get there when we get there, but that was bleak. But up until that point, I was like, oh, okay, he just did that to be sort of, like, payback. And listen, I am one of the pettiest people I know. So I was here for that payback. But they give him $100, which if you adjust for inflation, that's like $198 today. Good for him. I would go hit on someone at a bar for 200 bucks. I mean, I wouldn't because I feel like that would cause a lot more problems for me. Well, (laughs) no, I mean, if I was single. Being married and whatever. No, I mean, if I was single. (laughs) Oh, if I was single, you would have had me at 20 bucks and I would have been mad that I didn't upsell it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we cut to Sandra Bullock driving her Alta Pizzoli home and she gets pulled over because she rolls through the stop sign and she is trying to like, hey, please let me out. I, I've got like two moving violations. I have to keep my foot on the gas or else it stalls. Yeah. Could you make this a warning? And the cop is just like, nope, uggo. Like, <laughs> nice try. I did love that that guy specifically is in this movie. Do you guys recognize who that guy is? He's my friend's dad. Yes. What? What? Yeah. Not a super close friend, like a, like a, an acquaintance who we have worked together and stuff before. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah. But I recognize him from Waterboy. He's one of the coaches in yes. Waterboy. Yes. And I love him yes. in that movie. He's so funny. Although I can't understand anything he's saying. He's good in like everything he does. He he's good in everything he does. He's great at this. He is. He doesn't have um, a lot yeah. of work to do in this. But the scene where she's using the spray on him, Natalie was even like, oh, damn, he's doing some good work there. To, to see him switch from like writing her a ticket to being like super interested. Natalie was like, that was super subtle and very good. Yes. Yeah. His face just kind of <laughs> subtly changed. And I great. trust Natalie. She's been in like Lifetime movies and shit. Yeah. She knows what she's talking about. So we cut to she gets home. Paul gets home and we're kind of getting like an intercut between their two apartments where it's like they both have the same posters. They both have zero messages. Uh, he's got a sweet stereo system. They both listen to classical music. Yeah. He's got an adorable kitty cat. Yeah, he does. And as he's putting his jacket away, the love potion falls out of his pocket. He picks it up and goes to throw it away. 
and we cut to her at home on the couch and she's flipping through the channel and everything seems to be a romance movie and she's eating Oreos and I'm like, oh my God, this is page <laughs> age 19 through 28. <laughs> <laughs> ah, page, I would be doing that on any given night. I'll watch rom I mean, <laughs> most yeah. of the time it's me watching rom-coms for this podcast and eating glutinos, which are like gluten-free Oreos. I mean, it makes me really want Oreos. I'm going to say something very controversial. Glutinos makes a like version of the Oreo that I think is better than actual Oreos, which is nuts. Question, does it come in double stuff? Oh, I no, I don't think it does. Then then it's a pass for me because yeah. I'm all about okay. the stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I am not surprised that you're down for some stuffing. Yeah, I want, <laughs> whenever I want Oreos, I want them to take that filling and dump it all inside of my mouth. <laughs> If you didn't listen to the Wicker Man episode of Horror Virgin, you're not going to get some of these jokes. But holy shit. No joke. I'm editing that episode right now. And I think we say dump it all in me like 90 times. <laughs> and I even had to cut some of them out because some of the some of the pod got too like over the top ridiculous. So I cut out like a five minute chunk. And man, we said it a lot. Was it the part about Wingstop? Oh, no, that's still in there. We're getting that sponsorship. Yeah. Good, good. We're getting that sponsorship. I just want free wings. Same. Anyway, I want a wing stop close to my house. That's all I want. See, here's what you need to do with some of your 19 million, Todd. You need to franchise a wing stop. It's billion, Paige. Ooh. I could buy wing stop. <laughs> buy wing stop. Sponsor us. <laughs> like, I don't know why you still <laughs> If I bought wing stop, I would definitely make a gack flavor. And you'd be like, why does this sort of smell like bleach? I think you got to go like, like chili <laughs> lime. Mikey knows. Yeah, I know. But I think for like actual marketability, go chili lime. Yeah, chili lime. You got to go like a garlic parmy. Okay. See, I love garlic parmy. I'm also going to have parmy. an asparagus flavor. Mm. <laughs> You're not in charge of flavors. No. Buy me the wing stop. I'll handle the wings. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, their houses are kind of the same, which I think is kind of sweet. She's watching romance novels and he answers the phone at his house and it's his friend who's basically apologizing for making him hit on that girl and he's like doesn't matter i made a hundred bucks and he sends an escort over to her oh my god yeah and she is a whole lot she's constantly coughing which like triggered me because covid oh i know that was the first thing i thought of when i think she coughs before he even opens the door and i was thinking she oh. coughs in every scene she's in it's great but i was like <laughs> i would not open that door if there was someone outside my door coughing i'd be like no I'm not getting nope. the, the plague. Thank you. I've seen Cabin Fever. I didn't like her for 99% <laughs> of the movie. And then at the end, I was very worried about her. <laughs> well, we should be because we're going to have to call the Avengers, I think, oh, for her. <laughs> but only the female Avengers. <laughs> oh, no, because we're just going to have to call Black Widow and Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, Black Widow and Captain Marvel. If you call the other Avengers, we are fucked, Paige. Yeah. And my brain is saying Ahura, but that's Star Trek. It's uh, <laughs> uh Guardians of the Galaxy. It's Gamora. Oh, Gamora. Gamora. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking fuck. I, I bet you could also call the tree. What's his name? Groot. I bet you could call Groot, Groot too. You could probably call Groot. Also, hey, call Lieutenant Ahura while we're at it. Like yeah, Nichelle Nichols needs stuff to do, probably, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And she broke a lot of barriers, man. She could break some she did. faces, I guess. I 
don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they send an escort, escort over. Uh, then we cut to Sandra Bullock's house and her phone rings and it's Gary. And he's like, are you alone? Of course. He's like, the, yo, you up? Yo, you up? But then we cut to a few minutes later when she's clearly gotten up and like put clothes back on and whatever. Yeah. And she put out a cheese plate for him. Yeah. And I was like, you better do right, Gary. No, he does not. He is a good looking dude. A hundred percent. Sure. But no. Honestly, and this is just me speaking about my personal, like what I would want in that situation if I was him. If yeah. I show up to a girl's house for a night of sweet amore and there's cheese, I might get sidetracked. You should not put out a security <laughs> board. Like I'm going to be like, oh shit, Ritz and cheese. Hang yeah. on. Let's, uh, I know we wanted to have sex, but could we have some Gouda first? Cause uh... <laughs> I'd be sad because I'd be like, oh, this is something I would want to do with somebody with, I would want a relationship with, but I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get some Gouda and then put it in your Buddha. Can I take some of this to go? <laughs> Oh my Can god! Can you make me a to-go cheese, please? <laughs> you fucking bastard! <laughs> That's her cheese. She gets to keep that cheese. Yeah. You don't get to get cheese if you don't like cuddle and invest. Cheese is for winners. No, I really appreciate this gift. It's a gift. <laughs> While she's in the bathroom. While she's in the bathroom freshening up, are you going to tell Mikey to steal her <laughs> cheese like he's already stolen her virtue? Oh, Get like that matters, I mean, page. What's worse, Paige? I mean, like... Stealing my cheese. All... If you came over... <laughs> I care a lot about the cheese in this scenario. So do I. That's my point. I, I would be concerned that I would get sidetracked. I'd be like, do you want to watch Casablanca and eat cheese? Because that sounds like an equally good night to me. Not me. I'd be like, how much can I put my hoodie on the way out? <laughs> <laughs> You've got, like, bits of cheese that have, like, hoodie particles on it. Like, it's like furry <laughs> cheese at this point. And you're like, oh, uh. I can't wait to eat these. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the scene Napoleon Dynamite where he's got the tater tots in his pocket and <laughs> yeah. the other guy just kicks his pocket. Those are tots? Give me tots. That's my cheese pocket. <laughs> okay, you're right. So I have to find a Ziploc bag in her kitchen. <sighs> it could be done. I, we could do it. I'd probably just ask her. I'd be like, hey, can I borrow some of this cheese? Borrow? <laughs> and she's like, no, if I don't get to come, you don't get to cheese. <laughs> well, then I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and this cheese... It's gonna stay. I'm gonna console myself after I like vibrate buzz myself into oblivion with this cheese. Anyway, he doesn't even really want to talk to her. No, he's a real bad dude. But I got the impression yeah. that she's probably, I don't know, like 28, 29. And they've yeah. been like together, quote unquote, since like high school, like maybe early college. Or just, yeah, or just on and off for a few years. She says 10 years 10. at one point. She does, yeah. So yeah, maybe like, like freshman year of college. Yeah. But I do feel like, and again, this is a communication thing and it's partially her. It's not all him. But like, I think she wants something more and I think she wants someone who's actually going to invest in her and her feelings. And I think to him, she's just convenient and he doesn't actually have any feelings for her yeah absolutely yeah when he was like all right i gotta get out of here yeah because he literally they have sex and he's and she's like hey and she goes to like cuddle and he's like see you later and just like badoop out i mean he pulls the i gotta take my dog out right yeah i gotta poop he doesn't even do that oh yeah i gotta poop 
Anyway, we cut back to Paul's house where he is dealing with Marissa, who asks for Tangere. Yeah. And I was like, not everyone just keeps Tangere around. Like, if you have a bar set up, sure. But, like, he's like, Do you, can I get you some wine? And she's like, gin? And he's like, uh, yeah, I think I've got gin. And she's like, Tangere, to be specific. <laughs> I was like, all right. Uh, but she's basically casing the place. Oh, like, she yeah. wants to rob him, 100%. Yeah, because her boyfriend or whatever that guy is who's out in the car employer yeah uh, let's just business leave it at partner that. yeah let's leave it at that carpool friend <laughs> but so she excuses herself to go to the restroom freshens up and goes through all of his stuff she like excavates his bathroom and then is drinking like his cops are so insane but i love her in this movie like she is a terrible person in this movie but like i really do like her character because she's like she's over so the top. funny yeah yeah i honestly wanted more of her and gator's relationship and I don't know if Gator's his name, but that's how I choose to see him. And if you get that <laughs> reference, you've seen the other guys with Will Ferrell. Yes. It's a good movie. So funny. So she comes back out to the car and is like, eh, he just wanted to talk, but you should see his stereo. It's worth thousands. And right? from that point on, we know that eventually she's coming back for that stereo. Oh, yeah. That's back in the day when like, Stereos cost thousands and like you wanted to have a nice one. I actually do <laughs> want to have a nice one. It's one one of the things that I have like on my list for like when we get a nice new place to get like a good stereo setup because I have a vinyl collection. But oh. so meanwhile, the cat's getting into the trash again. It licks the love potion and then it invites all of the cats over for a cat orgy. <laughs> I do love that the first thing it does is go to the window and it's like, Yes, at the window, just like Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats, Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats. Yeah, that's that's for those of you who saw cats, because I don't know. This is when this movie got great for me because there were kitties. I know. And there were so many. I love when Tate Donovan comes out of his room and like falls over a cat onto the ground. And it's not his cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not his cat. But like then there's just like a shitload of cats coming in through the window. And some of them are small baby cats. Yeah, they're little baby kitties. Little baby kitties. Mikey does not love cats like we love cats, Paige. Cats are I, I like they're so cats. soft. And they have fun personalities. I, I like cats. Do you want one? No. Okay. Well, then I still have five, Paige. I want a baby. Babies aren't soft. Babies are definitely soft. Not the same as cats. <laughs> no, they have less hair. Unless you're Todd Baby. <laughs> I came out fully body haired. <laughs> like, if you don't think that any baby my husband and I produce is not going to come out half Wookiee, you have not seen us. Yeah. I haven't seen near enough of one of you. <laughs> Well, I'll try to wear something okay. more revealing. No, next not time. you, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> but I did buy Jake a kilt for Christmas, and I sent it to you. Did you guys get it? No, no we we did not. But my dad owns a few, and one time we went to the Scottish Games by my parents' house, nice. and my dad was like, "I could loan you a kilt, <laughs> like for the day." And Paige was like, "Yes, yes, you can." <laughs> <laughs> and, and he chose not to wear it so whatever it's fine i've worn a kilt it was fun airy yeah i would imagine it was breezy yeah i didn't hate the experience it was for a wedding but mm. it was fun i wore pants underneath it is that weird i don't <laughs> that's super fucking weird I'm <laughs> weird layered freak <laughs> is it because you couldn't fit into the kilt you skinny bitch <laughs> no i didn't in fact i've worn weird things for weddings i've worn a turban in a wedding too i've worn a kilt for 
for one wedding and a turban for another one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It was that arranged marriage Sikh wedding that I went to. That was honestly awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. Those weddings are dope. Anyway, so back to the Jellicle cats. Yeah. And they're having a fun party orgy in Tate Donovan's house. Uh we cut to the next day at work when he rushes into <laughs> Sandra Bullock's experiment where she has dressed the monkeys in people clothes. Yeah. So she dresses them in people clothes like layered. They look sharp like for as far as monkeys go. They are dressed very affluently. (laughs) (laughs) They are dressed like rich monkeys. Although the girl (laughs) monkey definitely is dressed for a first communion. Which I find yes. weird. And I found it more Little House on the Prairie than Rich. Same, you know, same. Because she's in a, like a dressy dress and he's in like overalls and like a country, yeah. country yeah. button down. Well, I feel like she took them off Chucky dolls and then put them on the monkeys. That could be. I don't know. I don't know if doll clothes fit monkeys. If you have a monkey that you dress, maybe you could tell I us. I think it's but also, just people clothes, like kid clothes, Paige. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. This whole, it's confusing. You've never been to your Walmart monkey clothing section? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right next to the gator nail polish. Uh, fucking weird. Uh, anyway, so he rushes in. He tells her about what happened with the cats, which I want to know how he got all those cats out of his house. After four hours, they were probably like, what have I done with my life? Well, they're like, this is, a nice, this is a nice I, cheese plate, but I got to go i feel so much shame <laughs> just like what is happening but i just i think it would be kind of funny if through the rest of the movie whenever we're in his house different cats run through the background <laughs> like he just was never yeah. able to get rid of them yeah anyway so this takes us through a, sh- a brief montage of like what this stuff does and they give it to the monkey first. But just the girl monkey is in the room. Just the girl monkey. Yeah. And she makes monkey sounds. And they're like, does that sound weird to you? And it's like, well, you're not a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. Like Tate Donovan does ask Sandra Bullock that. And she's like, no, that sounds like a normal monkey sound to me. And then you start to hear beating on the wall. And then the other monkey attacks the girl monkey through the wall. Yeah, and she has to lock herself in her cage. He created a glorious hole, if you will. <laughs> but he had no crab rangoons, Mikey. He didn't. He, I mean, but if he swung through with some crab rangoons, I mean, maybe she she would have been more willing to accept his advances. I wish I loved someone enough to Kool Aid Man through the wall. <laughs> You'll find your person, Mikey. You'll find that person. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? That's my wall. <laughs> That's I have a load bearing wall, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. I like how Mikey is slowly taking over my bank account, apparently, through this episode. <laughs> I would make money too with a potion. Like if I was super rich, I'd make a house where we could go through walls and have sex with other people. That makes, that makes sense. Hold on. I think we, when we were doing all of our potion planning, we forgot the fact that Mikey is the single one and we should just be making him sleep with people to get us money. We should be doing that now. <laughs> what do you think this podcast is for? We've been pimping you out this entire time. Well, you know who I'm looking for next is Lady Wingstop of the Wingstop family. Fortune. Of the Wingstops of Manhattan? Yes. <laughs> Of the Manhattan wing stops. Yeah, I'm not going to Mars if I'm a billionaire. I'm building a house full of Kool-Aid Man paper thin walls so I can bust through there and 
then bust something else. It's like those, uh, like the old school Japanese like style homes with like the very like, white paper walls. No, but no, it's it's like a house just made of stuff from like stuntman companies where I can like take a bottle and bust it over my head, jump through a wall. He has two employees just to carry like sugar glass back and forth <laughs> yeah. through his house so he can just run through it. Oh, you're coming home with me from a bar? Oh, we got to go to my special house. <laughs> but I'm like, are you ready? And I'm like, I break the door in half. I'm like, I'm taking you through. Mikey, what you call foreplay, first off, is not foreplay, but it is very strange. <laughs> I, I was picturing a very quiet, peaceful dojo. And Mikey just bursting through the wall and being like, can I dump it all in you? Like that level of energy. I need some artwork out there. If you're an artist, I need Mikey, but looking like the Kool-Aid man bursting through a wall and just saying, can I dump it all in you in the speech bubble above it? <laughs> Instead of, oh, yeah. Just can I dump it all in you? Can I dump it all in you? Oh, my God. Anybody out there that's good with art, do that. I don't want that to be my podcast catchphrase. I legit will start a Romancing the Pod merch store, and I will put that on a shirt. I can put it on. I don't want to dump it all on you. <laughs> Just don't buy one for your mom, Mikey. It'll be fine. Oh, but then dude. who's going to be his vacation date? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mikey's mom, who made a special guest appearance on the while you were sleeping episode. Yeah, when Mikey tried to shame nurses. That was probably my favorite part of that episode. Oh my God, it was so funny. Anyway. We're not nearly far enough into this movie. No. <laughs> we're like six inches in. <laughs> Mikey, I, I've seen your vitamin water. It's more than that. I feel like that's about it's three not. inches too many. What are you, like got half a hip in there? <laughs> <laughs> he measures from underneath the ball sack. <laughs> the yaw of the chef. Yeah. I measure from sea level. <laughs> sea level? <laughs> C being the crack. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next scene is uh, what scene are we on? <laughs> so they gave it to the monkey. The monkey humps himself to sleep. Uh, no, he humps himself to completion and then falls asleep. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, that's like what you it do. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's what that monkey do. They synthesize it so that they can have like a spray version. And this is where we kind of get the rules for the potion, where it only works for four hours at a time. It's tied to how your voice sounds to people of the opposite sex. And it's very specific that people of the same sex become hostile to you. Right. Which I do think is... They get real weird about it has to be the same sex, like or it has to be the opposite sex. It has to whatever. But I'm going to chalk it up to being the 90s. Yeah. Anyway, they want to test it on humans, but they need to find test subjects they could trust. So they decide to test it on themselves and not talk to each other for three weeks right. and then see what happens out in the world. So we cut to Sandra Bullock driving home. She runs the stop sign, gets pulled over by that same cop. By Paige's friend's dad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as she's reaching for, like, her driver's license, the potion falls out. She takes it, and as she, like, hands her ID and everything over, she says, here you go, and we, and she kind of, like, coughs, and we see the pen stop. Yeah. And then we watch his face change. It's really great. It is really great. It's great acting work, which is a weird thing to say about anyone in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he lets her off with a warning and was like, could we maybe go out for a drink? And she says no. But she goes home, opens the letter and finds out that her insurance has been canceled. So she goes to the office and the first person she's supposed to deal with is a lady until she asks around to find out who that lady's boss was, <laughs> who's the district manager. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. It's the 90s. It just is saying. the 90s. Yeah. So uh, she does find her supervisor. It is a man. She gets him to reinstate her insurance. Yes. And as she's leaving, she's staring at jewelry in like a shop window. And she basically is like, ooh, it's beautiful. Like she's kind of talking to herself. And he overhears her and sends like his henchman to buy it. And he's like a powerful, rich suit guy. And he just follows her. He just stalks her. Yeah. Like, has anybody ever told you how beautiful you are? Nobody in their right mind. Which she's still beautiful. It's still Sandy She B. is, yeah. She, she's like, have you seen my gap in my one of my teeth? Yeah. The, literally, the sex scene where she's having sex as a quote-unquote ugly person, and you like, they have to like cut away because her body is so gorgeous. Oh, and they are dressing her as frumpily as possible in every scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Their like ugly hookup was like, I was like, damn. I'm like, <laughs> like okay. damn, girl. Mm-hmm. Yo, can I get some of that cheese? Yeah, you had like a set of knives and charcuterie or everything. Girl, you are charcute to me. (laughs) Give me some of that cheese. Hell yeah, Paige. Anyways, uh, so he literally stalks her back to her car. He gives her the necklace. She doesn't want to accept it until... I love this part so much, Paige. Because her car won't start. Yeah. And it's that Italian car. He reveals that he's Enrico Pizzoli. His company makes those cars. And so she does take the necklace. Yeah, she immediately is like, oh, and then I'll take it. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. He invites her to a party that night and talks her into going because she doesn't have anything else to do. Yeah. She is getting ready at home. She sprays before walking out the door and he shows up in a tux and she's like, I don't have a gown or anything. So he takes her to get a gown. Um, We cut to. She's so damn charming in this movie. She is. Oh, yeah. In every movie. I mean, it's the level of charm that led her to when she was nominated for a Razzie show up to accept the award with a wagon full of DVD copies of the movie she was getting the Razzie for and hand them out to everyone and be like, I think if you guys give it another look, you might change your mind. But thank you. Thank you for the award. And everyone loved her for it because no one ever accepts their Razzie. It's like the only time it's ever happened. It's pretty I great. didn't even I know would. that happened. And that makes me love her so much it's more. Hilarious. Was it Speed 2? No, it was for The Blind Side. No, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, no. that was Golden Globe. What was it for? Hang on one second. <laughs> oh, so that was a real award she won. <laughs> I was for saying, I was like, Blind Side was a decent movie. Like, what are you talking about? So, fun fact she won the Oscar for The Blind Side Best <laughs> Actress literally the day after she won the Razzie. That's hilarious yeah what she went for all about steve yeah it was all about steve okay oh that movie is not good no but what did she say specifically if you're gonna win a razzie then that's the way to do it and have fun with it i wish there were more people with that combination of self-deprecation and guts yeah apparently she and halle berry has accepted the razzie in person for catwoman, for catwoman i believe yeah is what she accepted <laughs> yeah. for. but she showed up because she just doesn't take herself that seriously i guess which is great you no. shouldn't like that is how you should handle that sort of thing absolutely uh, but so she said, uh, this is the deal we're going to make. You promised to watch the movie and really consider whether it was really and truly the worst <laughs> performance. If you're willing to watch it, I will come back next year and give back the Razzie. <laughs> Basically, uh, she also joked that she was willing to go page by page through her dialogue so we could be here for a while. But I'll read it the way I read it in the film. And then everyone who wants to give me a reading of how I could have done it better. <laughs> so we could do this till about four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Or you guys can rewatch the movie and rethink your decision and I'll show up next year and we can all go for a drink after. That's awesome. Anyway, so they get to the party where she meets 
Prince Joffrey, uh, who... <laughs> That's not his real name, though, right? It's not Joffrey. I think it's Jeffrey. It's Jeffrey with a G. <laughs> and so in my brain, it so, immediately uh, went to Joffrey. Of and the I Toys like, R Us fame? Him. Yeah. <laughs> of the Toys R Us fame? Uh, no, of Westeros. Um, I think it's Jeffrey. He, the, this sounds terrible. He has this... The same bland look about him that we saw in A Princess for Christmas. It's that same kind of like bland Englishman. It is. But it's Dylan Baker who's like one of those, oh, it's that guy, guys. Yeah. And he's been yeah. in a shitload of stuff and is not at all British. He's not from at, like he's like a New Yorker. Like he's not at all British. Yeah. But his hilariously bad British accent in this, mwah, chef's kiss. I loved so it. Good. Yeah. But at this party, Sandy B is like wowing everybody. There's like a whole group of guys listening to her. Well, because she's wearing the potion. Well, she's taken the potion. You don't wear a potion, yeah. but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. She's right in the buildings. It's fine. <laughs> that is so mean to me. <laughs> Todd is so scared of you, Paige. If he doesn't like a movie, but you like it, he'll be like, I like this movie because I'm Todd. I don't want to get a just Paige. As it should be. I will be who I want to be, Todd. <laughs> I think Paige and I have disagreed on movies before. We have. Like, you know, when I said it wasn't cheating in six days and seven nights, <laughs> it is the Outlander paradox. No, I, I I agree with you, Paige. I agree with you, Paige. I like how you said that I never disagree with Paige and then you immediately like jumped to her side. Six days, seven nights was not. Well, they didn't even sleep together on the island. They didn't. No, I was more referencing David Schwimmer and the French Polynesian person. They were dead. They were on a break from the <laughs> land of the living. Yes. <laughs> we won't get it. Yeah, we don't have to relitigate six days, seven nights. We already did that. So. Oh, by the way, I did want to point this out. Our six days, hmm. seven nights episode was our 76th episode just what? by chance. Wow, right? I didn't yes. even plan that. Well, my pick for next week is going to be... Is it all about Steve? No. It's, <laughs> I, I cannot follow your Sandra Bully train anymore. Yeah. Anyway, she gets home from the party and she has 67 messages. And I was like, was she just handing people her phone number? Like, what's happening? Yeah, it's weird. What concerns me is that she probably wasn't. They probably have just like a phone book. And it was just people who like found out what her name was and then looked up her number. See alternate option the cop has her phone number because of the ticket yeah. and he's just called her 67 times <laughs> honestly i would love i'd love that so much <laughs> like if we got like a, a really quick montage of just him calling yeah and yeah. honestly mm -hmm. this movie could have used more of him yeah, yeah. honestly yeah. so meanwhile we cut over to paul's house he hasn't taken it yet but he showers he gets dressed he sprays it and then he goes out prowling for that girl who did him wrong and i do love that they play low rider yes. the entire time yeah it's great but he basically talks to her and she's like on him she's like trying to get at the family jewels she's trying to access the cash and prizes at the bar. Oh, yeah. She's like grinding mm -hmm. on him and then goes to unzip his pants. Yeah. But that's because she was like all trying to play mysterious. And he was like, yeah, I don't like mysterious. That sounds like bullshit to me. And she's like, oh, I yep. was just joking. I'm uh, exactly whatever you wanted me to be. I like direct. Yep. And then, yeah, he says, I like direct. And so she is 
Very direct. Very direct. And then he says, if you can answer this question, I'll be everything you ever wanted. I'll go home with you and asks her some science question that I couldn't transcribe in time and that she definitely couldn't answer. And he just goes, bye now. Yeah. <laughs> Leave. I love that part bar. so much. I loved it. And, and I do love that he doesn't sleep with her. Same. But he literally pays her back exactly in kind and then leaves. But he still felt the urge to continue research. And so we see him sit next to a pretty blonde at a bar and just barely whisper to her and she immediately ignores the guy she's talking to and turns to him. Yeah. So like it's real. And what I think is really interesting is he says in his voiceover, it eliminated any fear that you weren't good enough. Yeah. And I was like, so imagine if you didn't have that fear to begin with. Like, that's something you could change without a potion. And I do think that's what happens with him and Sandra Bullock. But uh, I thought it was really interesting that they include that in the voiceover. Oh, I meant to tell you this. Did you guys recognize that blonde at the bar? No. Her name in this movie is Cheryl. She was also... Oh, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys recognize her? She looked familiar and I couldn't place her. Who, where is she from? So she was just in love hard. She was the stepmother of... Of what was his character's name? Jimmy O. Jimmy Yang. O. Yang's character. Yeah, Jimmy O. Yang's oh, really? character. She was the stepmom. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Go for her. I know, right? She's. I mean, she's worked a bunch other than that, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. she was in that movie too. Hmm. Yeah. Both movies that I picked. <laughs> There you Apparently go. I have a thing for this lady and I did not know. And you didn't even know. But we we see a montage of him and I, I think it's interesting that the montage starts with that voiceover of like it eliminated the fear that you weren't good enough. But it ends with him being like, you don't even have to be funny or intelligent or insightful. And I'm like, you're taking the wrong thing from this. Yeah. It could have been about just having better and more confidence in yourself. And it, he goes yeah. the other way of, you can be a horrible person and still get women. It goes like the yeah. incel route and not like the, just be more confident and approach people. Which, honestly, <laughs> I think Sandra Bullock goes the confident route. Yes. And I think that's why they get different things, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Um, but so then we cut to Rush Week. Oof. And it's implied that he just wrecks a whole sorority house. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. At this point in the movie, I looked over at Natalie and I was like, oh, I don't like this part at all. Yeah, this is it's pretty oof, terrible. Magoof. Yeah. But then we get an amazing scene at Sandra Bullock's house where she gets home with the prince because now she is dating the prince. And who should show up? But Gary. And she's like, go fuck yourself, Gary. I saved the cheese plate for the prince. And now he's the king of my cheese palace. And then Gary has to leave. (laughs) The best part of that, though, is she doesn't say shit to Gary. The bodyguard outside radios a bodyguard inside. And then they relay the (laughs) message through the Mm -hmm. bodyguard outside. I was like, hell yeah, Gary, get fucked. Yep. You don't deserve her cheese plate. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't appreciate her at her cheese plate, you don't deserve her when she's charcuterie charcuter mm. fuck mm. him fuck Gary. <laughs> there we go I'm, I'm down with that i like how you bailed on the joke and went to like you went to pay dirt you like know what's gonna yeah. work yeah yeah mm-hmm. anyway so he leaves we cut to the police station where paul has been arrested because of the panty raid law and she has come to bail him out and she looks amazing but isn't talking to him because she is using the potion yeah but We see that she has a haircut. She's gotten her teeth fixed. She's got nice clothes. She looks banging. She looks amazing. She She looks so good. And so they have this kind of fun conversation where she's like written on cards and they're like talking without talking. It's very cute. And we get 
outside and she puts him in the limo with her and the prince and she can't talk in front of the prince. So there's kind of this very cute like, oh, you're playing the mute game. Oh, fun. <laughs> like the mute game again. I like this because it does <laughs> set up that she probably doesn't really talk around other men other than the prince because she doesn't yes. want to like get a bunch of people attracted to her just the right. prince which i was like right. oh she's being responsible with his power and he is yes. just the opposite of that which i think they kind of set up with the joke about the monkey who fucked himself to death in the beginning yeah yeah well and the monkey who humped himself to completion and then fell asleep when they tested it yeah yeah exactly so they talk Paul into coming to the event that night where it's like an art uh, auction, but with a gala and whatever. So we get there. And this reminded me of one of the, the things that they've talked about with the potion where it makes people of the opposite sex kind of competitive and combative. And he's clearly kind of jealous of the prince. Yeah. In this scene yeah. a little bit where he's like trying to get her attention and then moves on to like a bunch, pretty much every lady that's there. They're like playing poker and betting their nylons and whatever. And he almost gets thrown out of the party. Well, yeah, he's playing strip poker at like a very fancy event which i thought was hilarious yeah. but yeah you're gonna get kicked out for that shit we've all been there <laughs> <laughs> she and the prince go to leave and he tries to follow them and he gets stuck behind a painting that clearly has the entire alphabet on it i thought it was very <laughs> funny because he's like d-e-f-g-h-i and he's like ah fuck it and like dips under it. yeah i love that <laughs> also is that art question mark i don't understand art we'll have to ask andrea i don't know it yeah I would trust her opinion over mine any day. So he goes home and he's watching on the news and it's talking about how this was kind of like a playboy prince where he was kind of like a womanizer, womanizer, yeah. and he's a womanizer. And he's now dating a quote, American monkey psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> now he's the player formerly known as Prince. Uh, yeah, nailed it. Did you write that joke, Mikey? Yeah. I love it. Anyway, he meets up with Sandra Bullock the next day and she's like, he asked me to marry him. I told him I'd think about it. And he's like, well, why would you tell him that? And she says, all my life I felt ugly. And now I have the most desirable man in the world telling me I'm beautiful and I could be a princess. Like, I haven't had a date in years. Like, why wouldn't I do this? And he's yeah. like, well, what about our date? And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, we went to lunch. And she's like, that's not an actual date. We just went to lunch because we were both going to lunch. Like, if you wanted to ask me on a date, you could like ask me out to dinner and like come pick me up. Like, make it a date. Like, tell me how you actually feel. Don't leave it up to me to infer. Yeah. Essentially. And I know I have a dubious track record on dates, but I've been to lunch with a lot of people I work with and th none of those were dates. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, none of those were dates. I don't yeah. even think you have a good track record is probably. No, I said dubious track record. I Yeah, I, I go to lunch at work I mean, back when we were still in person uh, with people of the opposite gender all the time yeah. and it's like not even a thing yeah, yeah that's not weird and and she's right that he was not clear in his intentions i think that was a very fair criticism and so he does ask her out and is like well i'll pick you up and so at that point she's like this definitely is a date they go on a date no potion and it is like immediate chemistry yeah. and they are boning it out yeah like, good for them. Yeah. Like, woof. They're making out in the it's romance novel too. section. Woof. Yeah. And we already knew Tate Donovan was into her because he admitted it earlier. Yeah. I don't think we knew that she was into him, but she clearly is. 
She clearly yeah. is. Yeah. This is yeah. my favorite part of the, the my, my whole favorite part of the movie is their montage. Absolutely. Yeah. I want it to be longer. It's only like five minutes long. It's only like five minutes longer. I, I wish we got more time seeing them together because I feel like for me, that's what I really like about this movie is A, we know that he was into her before she was pretty. They are friends. They have an existing relationship. They're not using the potion. They don't care about the pretty people who didn't care about them before. They are super into each other. Love it. And then this movie goes off the fucking rails. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> But it does escalate super quickly. Like it is like them at work figuring out the potion, them testing out the potion. And then that montage mm-hmm. from like them going on that first real date to he's right. going to propose is like three minutes. And then it yeah. goes yeah. off the rails completely when he gets there with the ring. They're like, here's all the romance. Three minutes. Yeah. You're done. Well, and <laughs> when you get to that romance part, you're at minute like 50 and there's 40 minutes left in the movie. And I was just like, what are we going to do for 40 minutes? I think we solved it. Like, what's, what's going on? And yeah. it was clearly somebody wrote most of a script and was like, oh, shit. It's only like 40 pages long. What are we going to do? Like, and then decided to tack on yeah. whatever the third act is. Craziness. So, it's yeah. something. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. He shows up at her house. She's ghosting him. She's not answering the phone. Uh, he's getting like wrong number calls. He finally gets her on the phone. He goes to her house. He shows up and she's like, great. It's so great that we became friends last week. And he's like, um, I'm sorry. Friends? Uh, I was knee deep in your cheese board and balls deep in you for a whole week. I don't think we're friends anymore. Yeah, like I dumped it all in you repeatedly last week. Yeah. And uh, she's like, well, I was seeing somebody on and off for 10 years and there were problems and it's Gary. And I was like, no, Gary's the worst. And he has that creepy snake pinky ring. Oh, kiss the ring, ladies. Mm-hmm. I don't like pinky rings. I'll just say it. It's an interesting look. I, I've seen people pull it off, but it's tough to do. Yeah, same. In fact, the only people I've seen wear pinky rings that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It was like a family signet ring. Yes. That like everyone in their family wore. I was like, that's dope as shit. That's cool. I like it. Everything yeah. else, like if it's I a snake with a ruby eye, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey, I'll make us all like horror virgin signet rings and then we can wear them around. Yeah. <laughs> she says, don't be upset. We can still be friends can't we and then my husband walked through the room as i was watching this and says oh damn he got cucked by mysticism and then just kept walking (laughs) holy shit that's so funny oh my god yeah it was amazing but anyway he at this point is like I've got to get her back. So I have to talk to her and find out what's wrong with him. And we basically reveal that he's keeping her prisoner. Like he is using the potion on her constantly. Yeah. Like this is one of those consent issues because he's using the potion clearly. Right. And like he will not let her out of his sight or earshot through the phone for more than four hours, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of yeah. work. Think about waking your like loved one up every four hours to whisper something in their ear while they're sleeping or something. I mean, I do that, but not in, like a creepy kidnap way. It's just like, hey, I'm just like really glad you're here. Like, it's just like that Ouija origin of evil way that's just like with your eyes all rolled back in your head. They actually wake me up. They're like, they're like, you're taking him too much to the bed, and I'm like. 
Am I? Boom, back in the game. Because <laughs> I'm at the potion on. Yeah, because he's using the potion page. I got it. I got it, Mikey. I got it. No, I, I have a thing where like sometimes I can't sleep, so I like wake them up and say something nice. And then they, like, they're like, why the fuck are you waking me up? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I thought we could share a sweet moment. And they're like, sweet moments are for the daytime. <laughs> yeah, sweet moments are for when I'm conscious. <laughs> I'll just cry with my PTSD over on my side of the bed. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> There you go. I assumed we would just wake them up and be like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and go back to my place. (laughs) (laughs) This is your place. Okay, I'm going to have to put your shoes on and I've called you an Uber. (laughs) He's like, I don't live in a paper house. This is just for this purpose. I'm going to go break through the other wall now. Thanks for letting me dump it all in you. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mikey, I know I'm going to spend a lot of my $19 billion. (laughs) And you're going to benefit, Mikey. I've been genetically modified to be a pitcher. (laughs) <laughs> I have a glass exoskeleton. <laughs> I'm very Save fragile. Me. Yeah. Oh no. Because Todd used that 19 billion to buy a fly machine and then put a pitcher of Kool Aid <laughs> in it. That's what it was. I transported, but I was holding a pitcher <laughs> of, of Kool Aid. <laughs> anyway, so he comes. <laughs> he comes back to his house, and Marissa, the escort, is there. And she again excavates his bathroom and finds the potion and uses it to rob him of his stereo and pretty much everything he has. So we cut to he goes to uh, Madame Ruth, the fortune teller, and is just like, hey, uh, can I get more of that stuff? And she's like, no, no, no. Somebody else bought all of it. And we reveal that it is Gary. Yeah. Um, So he gets all his friends together and is like, here's what we got to do. We got a roofie Sandra Bullock with magic. And they're just like. Hang on, guy. <laughs> like, I mean, roofie is a strong word. Well, they don't even believe that love potion number eight is a thing, let alone love potion number nine, right? Number nine's right. a cure. Number eight's with the one they've been using all movie. No, I know, but like they don't know that it's a thing. These are his friends that just came over to help him with his like roofie job. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and what we do find out about number nine when he goes to the fortune teller is that if it, essentially it brings out feelings that were already there. Does that make sense? Where it's yes. like if they loved you, they'll love you. So that's a potion I would be interested in. Yes. I, I kind of, I'm okay with number nine. <laughs> Same. Because the implication is she had those feelings already and it is just going to make her act true to her feelings. Yes. So anyway, uh, as they're discussing their plan, Marissa comes over and robs all of them. <laughs> Uh, and tries to find out who has more of love potion number eight. But because she's robbed all of them, now they're having to like cancel their credit cards and everything. And now they believe him. So now they're going to like, they're in on his plan to roofie Sandra Bullock with potions. (laughs) And they go to her house where they run into one of her bridesmaids. And the bridesmaid is like, yeah, something has been weird is going on. Like, this is not, something's up. Right. So they get her in on their plan, and she does this whole thing of trying to spike champagne and get her to kind of toast with the right glass, and she does get her to drink it, 
But then Gary also drinks it and kisses her. Yeah. And then she'll fall in love with whoever she fell in love with first. But because they're the only two that have drank from the glass, he hasn't drank from the glass yet. It's actually whoever she loves the most, not who she loved That's first. Because that would have been Gary. Uh-huh. She didn't know Tate Donovan until after she met Gary, right? I mean, Gary drinks it first. Paul oh, hasn't yeah, yeah, drank yeah, yeah, yeah. it yet. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So he breaks in. He drinks from the same glass. He tries to kiss her, but he can't. And he basically is trying to explain what's going on. Doesn't matter. He gets carried out, ends up at the police station. Meanwhile, Marissa, the escort, has tracked down the whole bottle and she kisses Gary. And because she doesn't love Gary, like he tastes gross to her. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. And she tries to drink pure love potion number eight even though you're supposed to dilute it yeah the way she was slapping the back of that bottle and it was like like (laughs) Like glooping into her mouth no it's thicker than ketchup it's like so (laughs) it is like gack and i was like that is gross yep um but so we cut to the wedding and they go through with the wedding People don't stand up and interrupt it. No one says their piece because Paul's at the police station and Marissa shows up at the wedding and people go fucking nuts. It's like that church scene in Kingsman. It's fucking <laughs> wild. That church scene in Kingsman is badass though. I love that I love shit. It. Yeah. I love it so much. So they all run outside chasing her, men, women alike, yeah. because women are hate her. Men want every want her. Wanna be her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> men want to be like, her. Men want to be inside of her. Uh so uh <laughs> Meanwhile, Paul is at the police station. Everyone's chasing. They chase through the police station. He covers his ears. And I love that when he like stands back up from covering his ears, the chairs around him are gone because the guys handcuffed to them have run after her. Yeah. Uh, But it's like a tornado through there. Yeah. So he runs outside, he steals a sweet car, and then we get a lot of shots that are much like the end of The Graduate, where he's going to interrupt that wedding in The Graduate, where it's the shot across the dashboard. So he pulls up to the wedding, he gets out, he runs and he kisses Diane, and she runs to hug Gary, and he kind of punches Gary. I love that he like... he punches Gary like you know like over it, her head. Yeah, he yeah, almost yeah. hits over her. her head. Like yeah. it's like in like an, an action movie where a, like terrorist is holding a woman hostage, and like yes. like someone shoots the terrorist, and the, that's how he punches Gary. Like she is right there, and he punches yeah. him off of her. Yep. It's amazing. Meanwhile, Marissa is chasing everyone through town. She ends up in a, in an alley with no exit, at which point I really started to worry for her. Yeah, I did too. Um, yeah. All the village people caught up. Yeah. She hides behind a dumpster. They move the dumpster. Uh, she says no, and they stop. But now she realizes that she has kind of an army at her disposal. So she has them hop on one foot, grab their nipples, and then she's like, oh, now we're going to do a little magic, which again, I'm like, she is the Joker. Yeah. Like she is now a superhero level villain. <laughs> yeah. With this power, at least for the next three and a half hours. Well, yeah, but she still has the whole bottle, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she is like, if she learns to dilute it, this thing will last a long time. Yep. Yeah. So meanwhile, Paul has walked outside the church and he's waiting and the five minutes passes and he says, I'd like to tell you that she came running out into my arms, but that's not what happened. It took six minutes, so it took the extra minute. Yeah, but I like she, that he's crying already. I would, love, I would, that would be me. I would have cried too, Mike. Yeah. I, I cried at the end. I was so glad to see them together. Uh, but so they decide to get out of here, and we reveal that the fortune teller was watching it through the crystal ball. Yeah, and she's just like, "Oh, that's nice." 
And that's the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Love Potion number nine? I like two thirds of this movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like two thirds of this movie too. Obviously there are consent issues for like a lot of this movie. So if you can Mm -hmm. sort of forgive that, it's a lot better. If you can't, I completely understand. Yeah. Oh, fully. Yes. I think it's bonkers enough where it's funny yeah it's gotta you've gotta like firmly lean into like the magical realism of this world for it to not be a horribly horribly unwatchable film yeah (laughs) i feel like there's a dark version of this movie that could easily be made i feel like we get one scene of that and that is the sorority house scene (laughs) yeah a little bit yeah is that it no more final thoughts yeah that's it (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this movie speaks for itself. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't think it's very really good. I want to know what happened to those monkeys. Do you think the monkeys are still together? No, they actually died in the research. Oh, oh that was bleak. It. So, Paige, you have some fun facts for us? Yeah, I guess. Fun fact one: those, those monkeys actually died during research. Oh, fun fact one: apes together strong. Uh, oh <laughs> hell yeah, Wall Street bets, Paige. No, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, dude. Oh, sorry. That's a Wall Street Betch thing, too. Yeah. That's where they got it from. I've never mm. seen Planet of the Apes. I'm sorry. What? Okay. The the one with Apes Together Strong where the apes, I, I think it's Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That one's yeah, really good. One. Oh, so you're not talking about the Charlton Heston version. No, no but that is also the, the pretty fucking fun, too. Because yeah. yeah. that's the one that has the, damn you, dirty yes! apes. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, just as like a gif no, on No, this uh, is, I think Twitter. it's James Franco in Rise of the, Rise of the Planet of the what? Apes. What? I need to see this movie. It's it's the more recent ones. And it's not funny. It's just a good but also sad movie. <laughs> oh, like, really? Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not against it. I just haven't seen it. Have you not yeah. seen that whole trilogy? No, there's a trilogy? I thought it was one yes. movie. No, there's a trilogy. Oh, there's shit. A trilogy. Okay. And, and the first not- one just sets up the second one is the, the, the second, the last two are. Whew. Woody Harrelson comes in it. It's great. What? Yeah. He dumps in it? D- he dumps in it. <laughs> no, no, he's not. But you it's the apes learn to speak and one and they learn to bu- like band together. And so that's the apes together strong. And you're just like, Yeah, like do it, apes, and then they ruin the planet Earth. So maybe, you know, <gasps> oh, are we paying the price of our hubris of science? Wait, is this like the origin story for the Charlton Heston version? Because in that version, like, yes. it's literally Earth became like a planet of just apes, right? Yes. Yes. So oh, this no is the origin shit. story okay. of how that happens. So like, yeah, yeah like the first movie, uh, we can spoil it, right? A little bit. Yeah. Th- that movie's like 20 years like old. Like it ends with like Caesar and James Franco, like accidentally releasing the virus that kills most of humanity. I'm sorry, Julius yeah. Caesar? No, the monkey's name is Caesar. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I was like, yeah. is, is it like a Bill and Ted time travel thing too? Oh, Look, Dr. Zayas didn't have his PhD yet, so Caesar's the one who's handling. I it. think it's Doctor Zayas, right? Doctor Zayas is Zayas. still in night school. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I got to see it. I'm so sorry we went on a five minute Planet of the Apes tangent, but I will definitely check out those movies because they sound pretty fucking dope. They do. But Rise from the Planet of the Apes very specifically is very anti-animal testing. So well, good. I mean, if animals want to have makeovers, they can, but that should be their choice. <laughs> I know that's not what they mean when they mean testing and it's bad, but like I just picture like a Bichon Frise with a lot of blush on and it makes me laugh really hard. <laughs> anyway, uh, fun facts. Yeah, let's uh, do some fun facts, Paige. Hit us with your fun facts. 
Make eight up. strong fun Love facts. facts. Oh. <laughs> so even though the movie's called Love Potion Number Nine, as we kind of highlighted as we went through it, uh, Love Potion Number Eight is the one used through most of the film. Nine is only used in the end. Uh, the sorority house that Paul enters for the panty raid is an actual sorority house. It's the Alpha Tau Omega Fraternity House at Georgia Tech. So um, it's a fraternity house, but yeah. So it's it's a real Greek letter organization house. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, Diane's apartment is number one, and Paul's apartment is number eight. And added together, they make nine. Oh, that is adorable. And if you thought they had pretty great chemistry in this movie, you're not wrong. They actually dated from 1990 to 1994. So this wow. was made right in the middle of that. Oh, that's actually awesome. And they do have great chemistry. They do. And because there's not a ton of fun facts for this movie, I actually looked into some fun facts around the song that this movie is written about. Because it is based on a song. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, Love Potion Number 9 is a song written in 1959 by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Both of them were Jewish men that grew up on the East Coast after World War II. And they made money selling songs to a number of artists, mostly R&B artists. But then what would often happen with their songs is that someone else, typically a white artist, would cover those songs and make them more famous. One of the most popular examples was in 1952, they wrote the song Hound Dog for Big Mama Thornton. Of course, Elvis Presley sees someone else performing it in Las Vegas in 1956. He takes it. He starts performing it. It becomes a huge hit. And they kind of make most of their money off of it because he still has to pay them because he wrote it. And so they do make money off of that hit, but they didn't quite break in to kind of the... And like it was always covers of their songs that were getting big, not the original version that they sold. And the same is the case with this song. So Love Potion Number 9 was originally recorded by the Clovers, who are an all black R&B group. And they actually took it to number 23 on the U.S. and R&B charts that year, which is incredibly rare because there was not crossover during those times, at least not frequent. And it wasn't easy for them to actually get those same numbers. A lot of them were coming from smaller record companies that didn't have marketing departments that could actually propel them the same way that mainstream record companies could. Now, I actually pulled that version to listen to it, and it's pretty great. It's a little jazzy. It's not as rocky. And that's the version that they use in this movie. So in the opening credits... They use the Clover's version because it was cheaper than the most famous version, which was actually recorded five years later. So five years later, the Searchers record the song in 1964. Chances are, if you know the song Love Potion number nine, that's the version you know, uh, because it gets to number three on Billboard's Hot 100. There are other versions of it. Uh, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass do an instrumental version, and the Coasters record a version later on. But the most well-known one is The Searchers, but this movie couldn't afford The Searchers, so they actually do end up including the original recording by The Clovers. And those are your fun facts. Do you want to hear both of them to kind of hear the difference? Uh, I don't... I mean, I know we can't, like, play them in the episode, but do you two want to hear them? (laughs) Having just heard both of them, I see, I think I like the Clover's version better, though. Honestly, I don't think I had ever heard the Clover's version, or at least not that I remembered until today. I really like the Clover's version. I think it's a little more swanky. Like, it's kind of got like a like a sexier edge to it. I like it. I can tell you why I like yeah. it more. The Searcher's version doesn't have a guy who's singing the low, low-ass parts where he's like, love yeah. portion number. Like, he's like way down <laughs> in the registry. I, I love well, that, there's, dude. There's not a ton of melody in yeah. the Searcher's 
Carter's version. Yeah. It's much more of a rock song than an R&B song. But I think the song really is suited by the R&B style. Same. So anyway, yeah, well, cool. Go. Well, thank you for those fun facts. Do you guys want to do some box office? Sure. So I had a little yes. trouble finding the budget for this movie page did it come up anywhere in your fun facts i know sometimes it does no i i did find what it made it's like i i don't remember if it was the first weekend or the whole run but so i probably should recuse myself for some of that but i couldn't find the budget i can't imagine it's a lot though yeah so let's talk about that so i didn't have the budget so i honestly have no idea how much it cost to make but it was 92 and it probably wasn't a shitload but it did come out november 13th 1992 and it was number 17 the weekend Ooh. it came out it was beat by brahm stroker's dracula passenger 57 Ooh, that's a good one yeah a river runs through it Ooh, that's also a good one under siege and the mighty ducks under siege that's the steven seagal under siege it is that's yes. the best steven seagal movie it is I mean, that's not saying much. I, I went back and listened to a Behind the Bastards episode on the book he wrote. Yes, and I, I love Behind the Bastards, and that is a great, great episode. But then there were 12 other movies, and then Love Potion number nine. Full disclosure, though, it was only in 278 theaters, whereas like the number one movie, Bram Stoker's Dracula, was in almost 2,500 theaters. So mm-hmm. that's probably why it didn't do any better. But what do you think it made in its opening weekend? And again, that was November 13th. 1992. I think I'm going to recuse myself because I think the number I saw was for opening weekend. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? $700,000. Oh, Mikey, you're actually pretty close. It was $416,000. Okay. Is what it made in its opening weekend. Now, if you ingest that for inflation, that brings that $416,000 up to $827,000, so still not even a million dollars. But it was only in a few hundred theaters, like 200 and some theaters, so that's probably why. Now, it wasn't in theaters any other weekends, but it did go on to make $754,000 total, which, again, is not a lot of money. So it probably didn't make its budget back in traditional box office, but I bet it did in like home market performance, like Blockbuster and video and DVD sales. Cause this movie was, it was everywhere on TV when I was a kid. I remember that. Yeah. But that is your box office for Love Potion number nine. So do you guys still think they're still together? Yeah. yeah Mike, that's what I was going to say. You guys still think they're together? I think so. At least till 1994. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think, I think in the movie they make it. Me too. Yeah. Because they clearly were perfect for each other. And it sets that up almost immediately in this movie, which I really like. Um, but yeah, so I think yeah. they're still together. Listening to classical music, playing with their cats, eating cheese, just doing research. Yeah. Just Dumping it into each other. Adopting the monkeys, having them in Christmas dresses, <laughs> taking family photos with them. Yeah, I see I this. It. I see this for them. So this week I made you guys watch Love Potion number nine. Mikey, what are you making us watch next week? I want to go bigger and more bonkers. I need more mainstream and more bonkers. Wow, okay. It's hard okay, to be more okay. mainstream than Sandy B when it comes to rom-coms, but As, I will yeah, admit Love yeah. Potion number nine is not her most mainstream one. That's true. I have picked... Passengers with Chris. What's the guy's name? (laughs) Chris, at least. Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, Chris Pratt. Wait, is this the one where they're on the spaceship? Yes. Yeah, where they're on the spaceship. I've seen this movie. It is nuts. (laughs) 
I have not seen this movie, but I remember when it came out and the bonkers <laughs> reviews this movie got. Yeah. I'm I'm here for it. I'm I here for it. I actually love science fiction. So do I. And so like I think this works. This is a romance quote unquote movie. I mean, yeah. I've never had sex in space, so it's hard for me to like <laughs> contextualize that. <laughs> but listen, I'm going to be honest with you. It's been a long time since I've seen this. I think it came out in like 2016 or something. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, that maybe about 2017. Right. But I watched it, but I liked it at the time. I don't remember scene by scene, but I, I liked it. I saw it in theaters. I like it. Yeah. But once you start to analyze what is actually happening, oh, don't do that. That it is bad. It is very unhealthy and bad. Yeah, that's probably true. I do remember really liking the bartender character, and that's probably all I want to say about the bartender character because I don't want to give too much of the plot away. But I, I he's a robot. Oh, Mikey, shut up. Anyway. But I really, I, I liked this movie. I thought it was sweet. And then I remembered the turn at the end. You're like, oh, that's not great. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I feel like I read about it. So maybe I won't be so surprised. But if it gets really bad, I'll just go read Ripley and Hicks fan fiction and I'll be OK. Oh, oh yeah, you will. Yeah, you'll be right. Yeah. Mm hmm. All right. Well, your homework for next week is to get trapped in a spaceship with one other person, fall in love, and then have a weird turn and watch Passengers. All right. Mikey, I'm so proud of you for this pick. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't even know. So while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run of the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to do uh, this week? Um, we're going to listen to, listen, we're going to listen to well, a we got review? a couple of, yeah, we're going to listen. Yeah. We got a bunch of really, really good reviews. Like, dang, we got like four in a week. One of which threatens a trade war between two countries. If we don't come for a visit, which countries Canada and the U S this is Volsky's 2013 Volcase 2013. Absolutely. The best is the title. Absolutely the best. I went to like a corporate retreat weekend and like that played all the time. Like they're giving people rewards. They're like, simply the best. Uh, what we're going to like. Better all the rest. All right. My husband recommended I listen to this pod because I was looking for something besides true crime to listen to. Oh, listen. I listen to a lot of true crime too. I love true crime podcasts. So I get that. Mm -hmm. This pod is hilarious. And I love the in-depth look at romantic comedies. <laughs> Me too. Although don't look too closely. It'll be very dark. I also love the different perspectives of Paige, Todd and Mikey. As someone who is involved in, men in the mental health field, I really appreciate Mikey's takes on the romantic comedies <laughs> and their problematic areas. Five stars. Volsky's 2013. Thank you so much for that amazing five-star review. We appreciate it. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. 
except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a PO box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a PO box, it's actually not a PO box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's, 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I am Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Mm, Toodle pip. What's the maker of this top? (laughs) If you can name it, Todd, I'll sleep with you. I can't see your top, Mikey. Gildan, check the tag. Check the tag. Is it Gildan? I'm going to say Gildan. I'm going to go with Gildan. Mikey, take it off. Oh, he's literally taking it off. Oh, Mikey. Let's see. If it is, I'm going to laugh My- so Mikey, hard. You- well, Paige, you guess. Mikey, you may have to fuck me. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing on Todd's behalf. Yeah. Ooh, that's unfortunately oh, incorrect. It is oh, champion. I was so oh, close damn, to having so Mikey close. dumping it all in me. Bye Champion nerds